Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on? Happy fucking New Year. Happy January 3rd. We made it. New Year, new me. Fuck yeah. Is it though New Year, new me? Or is it New Year, same shit? New Year, same same fucking shit. Let's be real. Let's be real. I got my, we got our beanies. We got our black hoodies. I got my coffee. Oh girl, I got my coffee too. God bless. Do you have a Japogen in it yet? No. Ooh. I heard it was terrible, but then again, everyone's being dramatic about it, so. Everyone is so dramatic. Like cream is not that bad. Like it's not Dutch. Like I like chocolate. I'm a chocolate bitch. So Dutch Same. for me is like the bomb.com. Apparently it was like the worst selling one, which I don't know. I mean, obviously I can't like argue with that. Ben has the facts and figures, not me, but like Dutch was always in my order. Like it tastes so good. And then I got cream. I was like, oh, it's not as good. Like it's not bad. It's just, eh. you know, yeah, not, not the best bit. Hopefully they bring it back. Yo, they are. They are. They're bringing it back, and they're also adding in, I think, chai. So I think they're gonna have like a cream, uh, Dutch, which is the chocolate, and then like a chai, which the chai should be really good. I love chai shit. Oh my god, mm-hmm. dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for it. But dude, what's what's going on with your New Year? Did you make any resolutions? Oh my god, dude, I actually don't make resolutions yeah. to be honest with you, um, just because I I feel it. I mean, it's just ever ever going on. Like, I don't need a day to be like, okay, today's the day I'm going to get my shit together. I'm constantly trying to get my shit together. Like, so, I mean, there are some things that I want to accomplish this year. Um, but also too, like, obviously I'm going to work for them, but if they don't happen, I'm more of like a three to five year plan kind of thing. So yeah. What about you? Anything right off the, I know you got like some moving shit you kind of want to do, which is yeah, we'll see. We might be putting that on hold. Like, as of right now, what we're doing, um, we don't set resolutions because it's just, I don't know. Like, my fitness journey kind of started with a resolution, so I don't think they're, like, the devil, like some fitness coaches think. But, like, for me, I don't like resolutions. I, I like themes. So, mm. like, last year, my theme was growth. And all I did was grow. I grew, like, obviously, physique-wise. I grew business-wise. I grew, like, stronger in my marriage and my relationships. And, like, that was a really good year for just that that theme. Um, this year, the theme for Eric and I is letting go. And what that means to us is like, for me specifically, it's letting go of kind of this idea of perfection and the fact that like, I like to flail and flog myself. That's how I get shit done. And like, it's a really, really hot fuel and I get shit done, but it burns really dirty. And so I'm trying to really hard to let go of trying to be you know, so perfect and let go of these realistic expectations. And he's trying to let go of trying to always push us to the next thing and, you know, trying to like buy a house and stuff like that. And I was like, Eric, like, we'll buy a house when we're ready to buy a house, when there's one on the market that we like, like, it's not like if we push for something and we're forcing something, you know, taking a a playbook page from my playbook of like, just brute forcing it, like, we're not going to be happy. So we're kind of like letting things go, taking our time and, essentially our new year's toast was creating the world that we want to settle down in. So that's kind of like our overall theme is creating the world we want to settle down in and letting go of like all these expectations and shit. Dang. I really like that, that theme, to be honest with you. That's, that's golden. Like it's, 
it's a good mentality to think that way too. Like I was just thinking like last year was probably like my theme was health for sure. Um, and now I'm, I definitely think growth for me would be this, this year's theme, like just in all aspects of life for sure. Um, pretty much everything you did last year. So I'm just following behind in your shadow. I'm mini Ash for sure. <laughs> are you older than me or are we the same age? I'm older than you. How old are you? Personal 28. Oh, barely, barely. Like I'll be 27 this year. So barely. I'll be, 29, like, this, I'll be 29 this year though. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna tell you, I make, I used to dread turning 30. Like, I, like for me, age and death kind of spooks me a little bit. And so like, I was really scared about turning 30. Let me tell you, some of the best fucking athletes are those mature muscle mommies in their thirties, like even mid thirties. I'm like, fuck, give me this, some of that muscle mommy. Like, give me some of that muscle mommy. <laughs> Yes. Well, too, I think you got your shit figured out too. By the time you're a little bit older too, you're more consistent, you're more disciplined, you know what you want. You're not going out and, you know, drinking and doing whatever else is in the candy bowl there. Um, yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep, yep. Yep. Speaking of, that's actually a beautiful kind of segue and tra- um, transition to our topic today of, do you have what it takes? And so when we're talking about muscle mommies, we're talking about that mature muscle mass and it looks different. If you look at a 20 year old, whether it's enhanced or natty and versus a 30 year old, you will see this muscle maturity, this muscle density. It is a beautiful, beautiful like thing to have on a physique and it just looks so much better. And so in order to get to that level, you have to adopt a certain mindset, a certain lifestyle. You have to develop certain skills, certain character traits in order to get to that level. You don't just wake, wake up and oops, it happens. Or it's not like Captain Crunch oops all berries. Like it just doesn't happen overnight, you know, like, do you have what it takes to be successful in bodybuilding to hold center stage? And a lot of that, some people develop it. Some people have it straight out of the gates and some people will never get it because they never take the time to kind of foster it. But I think one of the first, you know, things that you have to adopt is this idea of accepting discomfort almost not even necessarily accepting discomfort, but like learning to love it. Like it's really sadistic, but you have to love being in pain or being uncomfortable because it's not just about, you know, beating yourself up in the gym, failure training. It's also about like, you know, especially as Ash has gone through this, Philks with her body composition changes the past year from her, you know, Hashimoto's and stuff like that. Like, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, was that comfortable? Like, was that easy? No, it's still uncomfortable to this day. Um, it, it's, I'm at the point where it's like, I'm becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable, which is such a cliche saying, and it's, you know, it's all over the internet right now, but it's, it's so true. Um, I did, uh, on my Instagram, I did a transformation of like my first check-in of the year versus my last. I'm up 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of body fat on me. Um, which is necessary because I was healing, I was growing, but it's extremely uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be like, I had to buy a whole new wardrobe, none of my shit fits, um, you know, and then taking pictures, even just um, checking photos or pictures with your family and loved ones. Like it's like, damn, or people you haven't seen in a long time. That's uncomfortable. Um, the body comp is, is hard and it, it's forever changing while we're in bodybuilding, you know, always. Absolutely. I think, I don't know who said it. I think it might've been Austin Stout or maybe someone else, but like you're really only going to like the way you look like two weeks out of a year. <laughs> like there's like two golden yeah. weeks and chances are it's not going to be when you're most lean. 
and it's not oh. your heaviest. Like it's probably like that sweet little holding phase transition where like, or maybe you start a reverse diet where you're still somewhat lean, but your muscles are fuller. You're getting hella pumps. Like you're going to like the way you look there. And especially cause you'll start feeling a little bit better. So you'll probably like the way you look kind of during that phase. And then also like coming off of, you know, maybe like a growth phase with peds and you're kind of in that holding center where food got cut a little bit just for like your fucking sanity, but like you kind of tighten up a little bit, but you still got some of that muscle fullness from like high food, high drugs. And you're like, hmm, maybe I can do this shit. And then obviously like things shit the bed. And five weeks later, when you're kind of like further in that holding phase, the drugs have left your system. You're like, oh, I look like a marshmallow. Like what the fuck? Girl, I was, I was, I was going to say that too. Like you can pair a lot, especially when, yeah, you're, you're on pizza or you're not, your body looks so yeah. different and it's a matter of weeks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So not only there's the body comp changes that you have to learn to be uncomfortable with, but like for some people, especially starting out, like bringing meals and bringing your food, especially not like just a meal, but like multiple meals. Like you have like Tupperwares on Tupperwares. Some people might be really uncomfortable with that. It's like, they're like, well, why aren't you eating like this food? Like, why are you eating pizza? Why aren't you eating all of these things? And it's not that you can't, it's you were choosing discomfort in this way of wanting to bring your meals. Be like, I want to stay on my bullshit. Like it's important to me. Like the decisions that I'm making are aligning with my goals and you want to eat pizza. That's fine. But like, I would much rather eat my, you know, chicken, broccoli and rice or like, you know, something else just to stay on my bullshit. So I feel good. You know, I remember when I first started bodybuilding, I was so personally, I was embarrassed to like bring my Tupperware and stuff to places like to restaurants to eat out like I would bring it in my purse and hide it in my purse or I would and like go and eat in the bathroom that's how embarrassed I was or I would like which is disgusting honestly not what so or I would like eat before I go yeah and then when I came home but now I'm like I'm like I will throw my whole Tupperware on the table I'll put it I'll ask them for a plate and I'll ask them to go heat it up in their fucking microwave <laughs> I'm like you guys got a microwave back there I know you do can you heat this up I brought that's this cold awesome. up. that's awesome and I love that. they will they will They'll just like, and you don't have to explain why you can just be like, I have dietary restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. For real. For real. No, that's really smart. I like that. Yeah. For me, I would bring, I'm not a purse bitch, but like I bring a purse and have my Tupperware and I would like put it in my lap. And then like when the servers like weren't around me, I would like put a couple of bites <laughs> in and then wait, like so paranoid. And I'm gonna tell you right now, unless you were at like a five star and restaurant where like the the starting appetizers is like fifty dollars they don't give a fuck those servers don't give a rat's ass what you're eating as long as you give them a nice tip so you give right. them a nice 20 percent plus tip that you know what they they will go heat up that shit in the microwave <laughs> oh exactly they and they're like yeah i get it like it's it everyone's super cool so but at first it can be very uncomfortable um yeah. just to start figuring out how to do that and like you said even like the outside people that you're with are like, why are you bringing that? Like they're even uncomfortable too. So it makes the situation yeah. just astronomically uncomfortable. Absolutely. And in situations like that, you have to understand that you are not responsible for their discomfort. You're mm -hmm. responsible for yours. So, you know, you have two options. You either eat your meal or maybe you eat beforehand and you still take care of yourself or you give in to peer pressure, knowing that that decision does not align with your goals. It aligns with peer pressure. And the consequences that will come after that with your check-in with your coach and, you know, your lack of progress for the week. If it is something as serious as prep where, listen, you don't, you don't eat golf plan. You don't fucking do that shit. But like that kind of goes into the next point of missing out on certain opportunities. Like 
you know, maybe late night bars with the, with friends, like not saying you can't, you know, go out to a bar, like, you know, Eric drinks, I don't, um, we'll go out to a bar, I'll get a Diet Coke, or I'll get like, you know, club soda, with lemon and lime. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. It's only a big deal if you make it a big deal. So like, if you're like weird about it, it's going to be weird and uncomfortable. But for me, it's like, I want to spend time with him. It's not about the beer for me. It's not about the food or the environment. It's about like him getting a beer, me getting a club soda. And maybe if they have a pool table, like playing some billiards, like I fucking love billiards. I suck at it, but I love playing. So like, you know, at the time, like I I used to, especially in college, it, it, I felt like I was missing out. And then I realized I wasn't missing out on anything other than the experience and the time. Because for me, it was like becoming more mature into that like no longer being super food focused or being so focused on what others think of me and transitioning to, well, what do I think of myself? Like, will I be happy with my physique, my mental state, my overall progression, if I do these actions that don't align with my goals? Like, no, I'm gonna wake up the next day feeling super guilty and upset and angry. And I'm gonna, chances are like, is that myself, right? Like I did those actions, like no one had a gun to my head. Like I chose, to fail in that way. And I chose to become uncomfortable in this way. And so for me, you know, it's just understanding that like, you are going to have moments where you are going to feel like you are missing out and have that FOMO. But at the end of the day, then you can always make suggestions to your friend group of doing something else. Like you don't have to stay up till three in the fucking morning and, you know, get shit faced. Like you can go to a bar, but play billiards, play darts. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, go to a coffee shop. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, but like another thing I will say though, like there will come times where you do have to miss out. Yeah. Um, you know, where you your friends are going out and sure, go out to the bar with them, have fun. But when it's eleven o'clock at night and you know damn well you have to be up at four AM to get your cardio and your workout in, that's not enough to sleep, especially when you're deep into prep and you're dieting. Even in the off season, sleep is so important for recovery and growth. So like at times you have to figure out like, hey, what is gonna align with my goals more like hey maybe i do need a night out but if it starts to becoming a regular thing where it's multiple nights of the week and you're sacrificing sleep or time to you know unwind or you're missing your cardio session the next morning like you know that's that's not ideal for your goals absolutely absolutely and then also something that like i really learned to become uncomfortable (laughs) is timeline like i first started bodybuilding i i would say early 2019, like tail end of 2018 is when I hired my first coach. But honestly, like I was like, just, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like macros were all over the place. No diet. It was a macros coach. Diet was all over the place. Like I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So I didn't really start bodybuilding till 2019 when I finally got my shit together and did a contest prep. Okay. Well, that was the last time I stood on stage was 2019. So I've been in my off season since then. And honestly, my physique still, I mean, I'm saying this like in the jovial way, but it still kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And I know it sucks because of like the sheer stress and pressure I put on myself to be perfect. And I know that that sheer stress, that mental stress has held me back in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, that timeline, like I thought when I was set on stage in 2019, next year I'd be going pro, right? That was the year that COVID, I know, right? I was one of those. I was like, I'm all fucking in. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, you know, I'm going to make sure that I step on stage confidently in 2020 to earn that pro card. And 2020 was the year that COVID hit. And so shit was shutting down, whatever. And I think the NPC had altered some rules to be like, hey, like we know competitions have been like crazy this year and stuff like that. So like they were just wanting bodies on the stage at that point. 
And so they had like amended some of the national qualifying like criteria to where it's like, listen, if you just competed in 2019, we'll let you compete on a national stage. And I was thinking about it. I mean, I was like straight up thinking about doing like an eight week prep because I was still somewhat lean from my reverse, but like, it was like, it was my, my mentality was fucked because I was doing that, like whatever it takes mentality, not understanding that like, I was so fucking delusional. It hurts. It hurts my soul thinking about it. Girl, I know. And the timeline is hard because everyone's like, okay, like they decide they want to do it. And then it's, all right, cool. 12 weeks. No. Like I just made an Instagram post on like, do you have enough muscle mass? Like, are you mentally ready? Are you financially ready? Like, you know, so timeline is going to be a lot longer than you think. And that's uncomfortable for people because everyone is just wants it now. And that's just our society. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing, after you've kind of accepted discomfort in those areas, and obviously there are other areas too, but these are just kind of like the, the, you know, core discomforts that came to our minds is kind of like, are you willing to go all in and don't mistake going all in on yourself for all or nothing? Cause that's something that's been holding me back for years. It's like that black and white mentality, not understanding that there's a beautiful gray scale in the world, but going all in on yourself by making the decisions that truly align with the person that you want to become and the athlete that you want to evolve to, to create, like, it's not just on your coach to send a plan. It's for you to execute the plan. But in order to do that, you need to be willing to go all in on yourself. You need to be willing to make sacrifices to accept this comfort and to help develop yourself to that athlete that you want to become. Because like I said earlier, you don't just like wake up a pro. Like that doesn't just happen on accident. Like that shit is earned and it is not earned by everyone because not everyone has what it takes to go all in for themselves and to work hard. Mm -hmm. I also think too, like the way I look at it, like at first it may seem like you're making a lot of sacrifices, but like to go all in is to 100% change your lifestyle is what it is. And it's not like, Hey, I'm going to do this prep and give up this for, you know, for 16 weeks for you to actually be successful in bodybuilding and have what it takes. Like you have to change your lifestyle. Like you have to become custom to, you know, constantly like, uh, cooking your own meals consistently, you know, having weekly check-ins, um, you know, and just like thinking differently because every pretty much decision you make matters. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does matter. It does matter at the end of the day. And then with that is also learning to master monotony. Like whenever I get a new athlete, I'll send them their program. They're like, well, when do my workouts change? I was like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't, we don't get new. We don't need new until you need new. Like you need to be okay with doing the same fucking shit over and over again, because that is what creates the physique you are wanting. Like this muscle confusion thing, I, I haven't heard it lately, which I'm really pleased about, but I'm sure it still exists. I'm, so, I'm sure there's still some influencers or some, you know, C tier, D tier coaches that give weekly workouts or monthly workouts just to keep the client interested and keep them, you know, like new. But I'm going to tell you right now, like you're not going to look the way you want to look if you're constantly changing things or you're constantly needing new, like you don't need new, you need discipline. You need to put your head to the grindstone and just go. Don't overthink, don't question, just execute. And you'll be surprised by when you kind of like stop overthinking things and stop wanting to change things up that you start to change for the better. Like your physique starts responding. Like I'll have athletes where we don't change anything for months at a time because we don't need to, right? We Mm -hmm. don't need, they're just executing, but yet their body is responding. 
if your coach is constantly making changes, it's one of two things. One, you are not doing your shit and they're just trying to change things to get you to fucking adhere to your plan. And they're trying to compromise or two, like they have no idea what they're doing and they're trying to keep you interested. In which case they're taking your money and wasting your time. So if that's happening, if you're getting macro changes or program changes every single week, think on that, think on that for me because either you're fucking up or they're fucking up and something needs to change. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll be 100% honest with you, dude. Like when I first started, I was like, everyone's doing eight weeks and then we're going to change it. Like when I first started coaching, like I was one of those and I was like, for the same exact reasons though, just to keep shit interesting. And like, that's how I was coached by coaches. So like, I thought that's what it was like. And now that I've been with my current coach now, and I've had literally like the same training, like for like eight months, probably, um, besides when I had to take time off, I've have just grown insanely and it's all about perfecting that craft but people think they need right. to change like everything to change in order for them to change and that's not accurate especially not in bodybuilding and even too like it goes deeper like just to compare like having the same meals which i know a lot of people it's hard for them to do that but my first prep i was such a if it fits in my fucking macros i'm gonna oh, eat it same. oh my god versus my second prep where i literally it was obviously fit in my macros, but I would eat the same meals every day, roughly the same time. And my body responded so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's, we have to like, let go of that, you know, mindset where we constantly need change in order to feel good or feel better or progress. And it's not, it's the same shit over and over. And that's what creates results. And it honestly creates mental toughness too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The only thing that needs to change is your mentality when it comes to like how you're doing bodybuilding. That's what needs to change. Another thing is you have to be okay with accountability. Like many of you will have coaches. Like we have coaches, like even though we're coaches, right? Like I don't want to be doing my own shit. I want someone else to take care of me, but be okay with accountability. But with that comes with communication with your coach for your sake of progression, right? Like you didn't hire your coach just so that way, like you know, you could get nothing accomplished. Like you go to a coach to accomplish a goal, but in order to accomplish that goal, you need to be in constant communication with them, making sure you're hitting your check-ins on a weekly basis, making sure you're sending training videos. Like if something is going wrong, tell them we are not mind readers. We cannot figure out what's wrong if you don't tell us what's wrong. And, you know, it could be as simple as an email. If you need that tech support, if you need a fucking phone call or FaceTime, Like most coaches are willing to do that, especially if you're on the struggle bus. Like I really hate how last year and really the year before there was this kind of fear mongering going around as coaches to like, don't bother us. Like don't be questioning things. And like, there needs to be a balance with it. If your client is so fucking terrified of talking to you and doesn't tell you that they haven't pooped in five days, like that's only going to hinder the coach's results. Plus the athlete feels terrible. So it's like, we need to have an open communication where we're not playing therapists. We're not like hearing them whine and complain about stupid shit, but at the same time, also be okay with the fact that like, Hey, you know, my dog died. Like I missed a couple of meals because I was like, crying. Like, yeah, shit. I would be doing the same thing. In fact, I probably wouldn't miss a couple of meals. I'd probably miss the whole damn week because I love my damn animals. <laughs> preach dude, preach. <laughs> But yeah, like, and also that stems into like accepting responsibility, um, you know, and like you said, whether that's um, literally admitting your wrongs, like that's 
you need to be honest. And cause that helps us because say you're like, Oh shit. Like I was, or it could be the opposite. I was really stressed. My dog died and I ended up eating like four Oreos and now I'm 60 over in carbs and 10 over in fat on this day. Yeah. Good to know. Like that's stuff we need to know. And like, that's hard for people to have that accountability and taking responsibility because we don't want to admit our wrongs, but like that is necessary to be successful in this yep. sport, to be successful in your journey. Absolutely. And with accepting responsibility comes with accepting the feedback and constructive criticism from your coach. Like your coach, I mean, chances are hopefully like it was a good personality fit and your personalities and the way you receive criticism works well. Like obviously if you're wanting a cheerleading coach, you're probably not going to hire, you know, Ash or Ash, right? Cause like, we're not going to be a cheerleading coach. We will tell you good job when you're like fucking crushing it. But like, if you're not crushing it, we're not going to tell you good job. We're going to be like, Hey, you need to step the fuck up right? Because that's our personalities. But like, you need to understand and accept that when your coach is giving you feedback, it is for your fucking benefit, not theirs, right? Like, again, you are paying them to reach your goal. It is on you. You have to accept ownership and take responsibility when your coach is like, hey, you're fucking up, do better. And this is Mm -hmm. how you do better. Like, hopefully they give you some level of guidance to help you like do better right like obviously if it's like a simple thing of hey i'm like overeating mcdonald's stop fucking driving to mcdonald's like that's on you but if it's like a serious issue where like you need some guidance as to how to correct this that's where your coach will be a coach and help you but at the end of the day they can give you all the tools and resources and you can take that feedback and that criticism but if you don't execute shit if you don't change shit you're wasting your time you're wasting your time Mm-hmm. And it's hard sometimes to get that constructive criticism because I've had times where people come into check-ins and they're like, oh shit, like I think I had a really good week. And I'm like, actually you, you didn't. I'm sorry to let you know that and like let you down, but like, like we can do better and I know you can do better. And like, it's, it's hard on our end too, but like, like you said, like they pay us to get them where they want to be. So like, I hate as much as I hate having these conversations, but in the long run, I know it's useful to you, to me, and it benefits everybody. And like, it's just, you have to be able to accept it and then execute it. Like, I don't want to have to repeat myself either. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I tell you something and I want you to do it, my expectation is that you get it done. And like, I'm going to give you the resources and the tools on how to get it done. So there should be no way, like perfect example. Yesterday I had a, a newer client, lifestyle client. She's great. She's just like, I'm having a really hard time eating my fats. Like, you know, and I'm like, dude, like we can't just be under fast. Like, every single day. Right. So what are we going to do? I gave her a whole fucking list of fats that she's going to be able to put into her macros. And the next thing, you know, last night on Instagram, she posted a picture of what she ate. She's like, hit my fats done. Boom. Simple, right? Simple. She communicated that she was struggling. You said can't keep struggling like this. Like it's not that hard, but here's a food list. And guess what? She executed. So not only did you do your part as a coach, but she did her job as an athlete. Lifestyle or competitive bodybuilding, it's one and the same. This, the goals are different, right? And the expectations are a little bit different. But especially if you're like hiring a coach, you need to be hitting your macros. And if they're not helping you, have that conversation with them. But I think you did a really good job with that. And at the end of the day, like your coach can't want it more than you. And so for my athletes listening, if it seems like I'm being a hard ass, it is because I know you can do better. Like I, to my core, believe you can do better and believe that you will be going places. But at the end of the day, you have to believe that first and you have to go execute. So if it seems like I'm being really hard and riding your ass on like training videos or showing up with your meal plan or macros, whatever, it's because I know you can do better. 
And I believe you can do better and I want better for you, right? It's a place of love and care. But at the end of the day, I can't care more than you. And that's how like most coaches are, you know? Um, when it comes to just like kind of the last thing to be successful in bodybuilding is you also have to understand the cost, the financial burden and obligation of this sport. Like, I am sorry, but this is a very luxurious sport. Like you are paying to suffer. You are paying to be in dis a constant disarray of discomfort. You're paying for it, right? You have coaching that can anywhere, depending upon their level of experience and what they're offer, anywhere from 200 to upwards of a thousand dollars a month, especially in prep, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is a big financial commitment. You know, chances are everyone already has a gym membership. So that's something else to add on as well, especially because gym memberships aren't honestly that much of a, an issue. Like you have like the, the new year's resolution deals where you like have no money down and shit like that. But yes, that's still an expense. The mm -hmm. food honestly is not that expensive, right? Like if you're cooking your own damn meals, like it's not that expensive. It's honestly not. Cooking eggs right now, eggs are fucking expensive at the moment. True, true. But overall, <laughs> you get like an eggs Benny at, you know, a breakfast joint. That's going to be a hell of a lot more expensive than like even your happy eggs at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? So for sure. But like also you think about like supplementation, like supplementation gives you a little bit of that edge, maybe, but like that shit adds up real quick. And I'm not just talking about your protein powder and your creatine. I'm talking about all the special subs that like, like, I'll be honest, I have a really bad addiction to morphogen. They did a great fucking job sucking, sucking me in, man. And I have to budget for that. And it hurts whenever I see like how much I really pay. But then I also know that like, I love paying it too, because I like supporting Ben and I like supporting with his mission. And I like what his supplements do. I like what they do to me, man. But like, again, that's still $600 a month, if not more. If I'm like yeah. really going crazy. <laughs> Dude, I know every time I turn around, I'm just like, fuck, like more money towards Ben. Like mm -hmm. you're welcome, Ben. But no, seriously, he's got, he's got really good stuff and it's actually like Ben tested. It is what it is. Cause a lot of supplement companies out there aren't um, mm -hmm. exactly what they say. Cause there is no regulation on it. So remember that guys. Um, but yeah. And then to go along with that is, you know, if you're running cycles too, that shit's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs. I mean, the drugs for women aren't that bad depending upon what you're running, but obviously for guys, like guys, that shit adds up, especially when you get real shit like Primo, like the mm -hmm. shit that's not baked, like real honest to God Primo. And you're using like a lot of <laughs> shit a week that shit adds up. But then you have your needles, your hygiene, your health subs, mm -hmm. you know, your blood work, your body, work. like, yep. you know, that shit adds up too. And like, sure, you can maybe make a point that you don't have to have all of these gizmos and gadgets, but at the end of the day, like this sport is for those that have extra money to spend and you can fall on a budget. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't do bodybuilding if you're poor, but you will have to be creative with things. You have to make sure that you get the right coach that will still take care of you from, you know, beginning to end, but budget for that budget for meals, budget for, you know, basic health subs, stuff like that. Like you can still do bodybuilding on a budget. I've done it. I still do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to have that financial responsibility and making sure that you're not missing out on like food, shelter, and clothes because like <laughs> bodybuilding is not that serious. Like we take it very seriously, but at the end of the day, it's not like the, the hierarchy of needs. It's not. No Exactly. Yeah. And then just like a few more things to list, like you just, that's just like your basics in my opinion, but like come show day, like you have show day entry fees, you have to get a tan women's, 
your suits are expensive as shit, but you can always save money by like renting them and stuff. But like, yep. that's, that's still more money out of your pocket. Jewelry, yep. hair, makeup, um, you know, guys have suits as well. They're cheaper, but still like, that's another expense, um, you know, and then if you have to travel for the show too, yep. all of that yep. goes into there too. So yeah, like it's, it's definitely a luxury um, and there's no reason to like go into foreclosure in your home for bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, the, don't, like, don't be, don't be stupid like that. Like this, that's just ridiculous. Like make sure that your house. And when I say your house, I don't mean your physical house, but make sure your home and your safety and your needs are taken care of before bodybuilding. Because like at the end of the day, like it is a luxury thing. Like, and we're coaches, right? Obviously like we make our living off of getting people on stage and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like if it was between like working with Austin Stout and making sure that like, if my husband had some unforeseen medical bills, like obviously I would pay for my husband's medical bills and put a pause on coaching. Like, you know, it would suck and I would hate it because I would want to, you know, I still love working with Austin, but like my husband comes first, you know what I'm saying? So making sure you have your financial priorities in line and your other priorities in line before kind of taking into this huge, huge role of wanting to become a bodybuilder. Like this is not to deter you from ever competing or becoming a bodybuilder or whatever it is that your goal is that you maybe set for yourself this year or that you want to do as a bucket list item. But if you really want to be successful in bodybuilding, these are the things that you have to take into consideration that you have to develop, whether it's the skill of training till failure, learning how to communicate as a person, like bodybuilding will show you how tough you freaking are. If you allow it to, if you give yourself that room to fully embrace discomfort go all in on yourself, be okay with mastering that monotony and being okay with accountability and constructive criticism when it comes to what you need to do to level up. Mm-hmm. And that, that's it. That's, that's a wrap dude. Bodybuilding will rock your shit in the best way possible. It'll also fuck you up mentally if you're not ready for it. So <laughs> oh, always two sides of the coin, always two sides of the coin, dude, happy freaking new year it is 2023 it is your first like real podcast like you did it fuck yeah dude i'm so proud of you dude you did awesome dude everyone make sure that you tag spilks and when we uh, released the episode that she did awesome because she was a little nervous and i was like girl no you are a badass bitch give me some of that spoke spice girl i know for real though like i texted ash yesterday and i was like dude i'm like i was in the store and i was like i'm getting sweaty thinking about recording this podcast (laughs) Yeah, I was nervous. I Listen, was I'm someone to get sweaty for, but like, don't get sweaty for the podcast. Get sweaty for me. I mean, I did see those pics of that dress you was wearing the other day, and I was like, Whoo. Can you appreciate like my? I did my makeup myself. My hair was whatever, but like my makeup, I had boob tape on to lift up the girls in that dress because I wasn't wearing a bra. Because like, no, but like, it was an ensemble. I felt good. I slurped some oysters, and then. It was like a nice little snack. And then Eric's like, do you want to go get a burger and fry? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I had some of his burgers and fries and a huge ass waffle cone with ice cream. And let me tell you, three years ago, none of that shit would have happened. I probably would have eaten the oysters and shit because I'm, I'm a curious person. But like, as far as like having a few of his fries and a bite of his burger, I would have never done that because like, I would have freaked the fuck out. Never would have had my own ice cream either. So that shows you maturity and letting go. Mm. Yes, that's your, there you go. Already being successful in your new year's I don't want to say resolution, but theme. Your theme, letting the fuck go. All right, guys, see you next time. Peace. Adios.